Hello, Jersey Shore. Welcome to another episode of Boardwalk Talk, where we highlight local businesses, artists, and foundations, hear their stories about the road to success, and what it takes to get there. We have your host, Deb Jacobson. Hey there. What's up, Deb? You can follow her on Instagram at the OG Banker. We got my brother, Gons Wesley. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Gons? We have you can lovely. follow him on Instagram and Facebook at WGI3D Media. And you have me, Mikey T. You can follow me at the Home Advisor Pro. I almost forgot my own. No, it's like and I'm reading. <laughs> this is hard. No way. <laughs> it always happens like that. that yeah, right. Like Mikey T. <laughs> yeah, Mikey T. Michael Timpani. Make sure you follow the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. And follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Boardwalk Talk NJ or go right to BoardwalkTalk.live. Today we have a very special guest, Jessica Carroll. She is the owner of Organista Home. Correct. All right. Do you know what? I read that like seven <laughs> times, and I think like half the time I was like, how am I saying this? I guess. Um, she's an award-winning pro organizer that has helped hundreds of clients declutter and de-stress. You can follow her organization business on Instagram and Facebook at Organista or Organista <laughs> Organista <laughs> Home. <laughs> and she's also the founding member of SOAR NJ. It's a biannual women's symposium. You can follow Soar and J Women on Instagram and Facebook. And to top all that off, like she's not busy enough. <laughs> she just released a book, right? Is it released? Well, it's pre-order sales. So pre-order. So it's coming out very soon. Um, and the book is entitled "She Had No Business." So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. There's so much to talk about. You do so much. <laughs> Um, and you're so active in so many things, but um, we'll back up to, uh, I think it's an interesting story how you started your business. So what was the, like the, the thought process, the catalyst? How did you start your organization business? Like what made you think of doing an organization business? Sure, absolutely. I actually was sharing this story yesterday. I did a presentation for a real estate company in Ocean Grove, and I opened okay. with that. And everybody was like, wow. So I am a single mother of four, and so in 2011, I belonged to a women's group, and it was a networking group. I was selling party light candles at night, and mm -hmm. I wasn't passionate about Are it. Are still around? I think so. Okay. And <laughs> so I was part of a women's group called WIP, Women in Power, and I was hosting the next night, and I was sitting there, and I was watching an episode of Hoarders the night before this meeting. And I'm like, is this for real? Do people really need this service? Like, I couldn't imagine. I grew up in an organized house, so I had no idea. So I, I just kind of, like, planted a seed. So the next day, we had I had hosted the women at my house, and uh, it was open to discussion the last five minutes of the meeting. And anybody could take the floor with a question. So I just, you know, threw it out there to the women. I said, you know, is there a need for this home organizing thing? And half the women in the room were like, absolutely, I'll hire you right now. Wow. So there's about 20 women in the room. So I immediately was like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so I reached out to the 10 women, and I just figured it out. Nights, weekends, you know, I was working part-time for a school in Asbury Park in the after-school program. But I was like, this is, let me just see what this is. So I was doing research at night. I was organizing on weekends, and and I just was blown away that, this was actually like a thing, and I could figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I'm, okay. you know, even happy to report my very first client is still with me to this day. Wow, 
awesome. So, you know, maybe two years into it, I winded up not even being able to work part time. So now I'm close to 300 clients. Wow. I do a full time wow. and I support me and my four children solely on based off that income. And I even hire have women that work for me as well. So I'm wow. able to employ them and they can support their families as well. So it all started from an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> an <laughs> That's so inspiring. That's inspiring because it's something that came so naturally to you sure. so you can parlay that into an income for you and your family yeah and that's that's awesome so how Absolutely. often do you do you interact with your customers is it like a weekly thing a monthly thing sure well some of them i see just once i you know we right. get in we do a job it's done it's over some people i go to once a week mm. sometimes we do the moves the packs the unpacks and uh we do decorating for the holidays so we basically okay. try and make your life easier. And your life is so much easier when you have less. It's so much more manageable. So mm -hmm. it's an investment, but it's an investment in your time, your sanity, your peace of mind. Wow. So, so do you yeah. do closets? Do you do like basically anything somebody needs organized? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Attics to basements mm -hmm. and everything in between. Yeah, wow. absolutely. That'd be cool. Have you uh, encountered a home like we see in uh, in hoarders, hoarders? yeah, I, I have. Of course, that's the most common question. Yes, yeah. uh, very early on, I probably worked with three significant hoarders. Um, one was a gentleman in Wall. His girlfriend had never stopped by his apartment, and one day she did, and she opened. He opened the door and was <laughs> like, wow. she was blown away, and she's like, "You absolutely cannot come to my house ever again until that's taken care of." So she hired me to take care of his wow. house. Um, I had another woman. Well, she was afraid of bugs, you know. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's bringing bugs to my yeah. house. Uh, um, okay. And then I had a woman in West Long Branch who was going to lose her property because it was, you know, unsafe and all of that. So the state actually paid me to go in and help her. Wow. And she was able to get a reverse mortgage after we cleared out the house so it could be appraised and things like that. So without, you know, the assistance of me and then her connecting her with a reverse mortgage specialist, she wouldn't have her family's property for the last 50 years. Wow. wow. So huge. But, you know, the thing with hoarders is it usually goes back, you know, mm -hmm. to the way it was. You know, we took out 250 bags. But, you know, when I left, she'd go back in and want to revisit or, you know, and she would be, you know, curious. And mm -hmm. so it's a mental condition. So yeah. I try to avoid that. But if someone needs us, of course, we're there. And then mm -hmm. I also know when we can't. But it's okay. few and far between. Do you work with, uh, like, a, someone, like a psychologist or something in, in those situations? Like, ha dealing with a hoarder, I mean, they're very hard to, like, they don't want to get rid of anything. Yeah. So how do you convince a hoarder? to remove anything. I mean, they're, they're saving newspapers. They're saving... I mean, sure. you watch the show. They save weird stuff. I can't yeah. even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. Um, you know, in the few instances of the people, the hoarders that I have worked with, they were ready or they had to. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have Their an option. Their back was against the wall. So, you know, the plastic, you know, milk jugs and the Briar's ice cream things, you know, like we could get rid of the garbage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't make anybody do anything, but mm -hmm. we have to talk about it and think about what the long-term goal is. Do you do hazmat really. suit, too? No, we haven't <laughs> had to do that. I think I turned that job down, but, you know, <laughs> you never know. But, yeah, it's, it's, um, but our biggest, one of our biggest referrals is therapists and psychologists that, really? you know, they send clients our way. So how, wow. 
How do you uh, decipher when you're going into someone's house and they're like, hey, organize my basement? How do you how do you decipher for them what is garbage and what is treasure? Sure, absolutely. Well, we figure out what the overall goal is going to be. They want to clear it out. They're going to sell the property. They want to move or, you know, whatever that might be. And then we work together to accomplish it. But with my company, we come in like a white glove, like a concierge service. So if you work with us, you're not doing the back-breaking sweat. You're not doing any of that. We basically need you for maybe 15 minutes out of the hour. Mm -hmm. Come, shop through your stuff, tell us what you want, what you don't want. We'll take out, we'll pack up. So it couldn't be any easier. So if Mm -hmm. you have to do emails, you can still do that. Or if you're just wiping your hands and I'm done, then we clear it out and, you know, it's done. So it really depends on, like, the goal, but we try and make it as easy as possible. And we work in three- to four-hour increments because we find after that people just don't care what you do. Do whatever you want, and we don't want that. We want you to make your best possible decision. Do do people um, walk with you while you're sorting through their stuff? Uh, Generally, sometimes we work one-on-one with clients when we're doing master bedroom closets or, you know, but generally they like to come every 15 minutes and visit you know so we'll prep the area for 45 minutes we'll empty the closet we'll you know do the shoes or whatever and we'll have you come in work with us for 10 to 15 minutes then you go about what you need to do then we'll strategize put it back take it out bag it up whatever needs to be nice and you do businesses too you said right yeah we've done a few yeah just you know that need the touch up or Mm -hmm. don't know you know that are tight on space Mm -hmm. now do you purchase like these organizing systems for them or um you know you go into like bed bath and beyond and you can get <laughs> disorganized trying to be organized so when you're going to someone's house and uh, i mean i guess a common place is probably a basement my basement's like a disaster <laughs> like me and my wife are talking about just dumping anything we haven't touched in like two years sure or something but how do you go about like that situation where maybe they don't have the the tools at the house to organize? Sure. They just have a bunch of stuff and boxes and bags. Uh, so, is that is that like a part of like how you, how you price out the project or? Uh, well, it all depends. Um, I actually just read a crazy statistic: the home organizing systems is a seventeen billion dollar industry. <laughs> Each year really? and two thirds of Americans feel that they don't have enough organizational systems. Yeah. So what does that tell you? That's insane. Wow. But before we start with a client, what we like to do, they say, Okay, what do I need to buy? What do I need to have on hand? And my answer to them is nothing. Uh, because I don't want to add to your clutter. Because, yeah, we could buy all the nooks and crannies and the gadgets and this and that, but that's ultimately, if we don't use it, it's not used effectively, it's going to be clutter again. Mm -hmm. You know, I had one um, woman in Long Branch, and she's like, how many totes do I need to buy? I said, don't buy any. Our goal is to empty the totes, and then we'll take it from there. Mm -hmm. So here she was ready to buy 20 totes. At the end of the session, we had 25 empty totes. Wow. (laughs) So if I told her to go get 20, we're looking at 45 totes, and what do we do with those? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to repurpose what clients have in their homes and make them work. And if not, then, you know, there are systems. I'm a big fan of the Home Depot medium-size plastic shelving units for garages, for basements. I mean, sometimes you just need systems. They're very easy to put together. Mm -hmm. You know, I do them myself. So if we need to buy things, if we actually can't make it work, then we'll go out and do that for clients. 
Nice. Awesome. Good to know. Now, as a um, single mom starting a business, what were some of the hurdles? Because you were working part-time, you were doing other stuff, you were being a mom. I think a lot of entrepreneurs face this, you know, go from the part-time job to make it the full-time job, that jump, your single mom. Like, what was that dynamic like at that time? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, my children were younger at the time, but they kind of had to grow up quick. Uh, my youngest was maybe in kindergarten, and my oldest was, you know, maybe fifth grade. But I really just had to trust in the universe that they were going to be okay when I was working. If they were, they were sick, it was going to be fine, you know, and I had to lean in on the community can you give them a ride home? Because, you know, I was getting no, still no child support, but I mm -hmm. needed to work. It was, yeah. for me, my motto was work or be homeless because mm -hmm. I didn't have right. that option. So I had to. So, you know, all of my kids, they're 14 to 20 now, but they're very independent. They're very self-sufficient. And most kids their age aren't that way. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have a choice. I didn't, I couldn't stay home because they were, you know, like right. we just had to pull through. You made it work. We had to, and mm -hmm. we still did. And if anything, I think they're stronger sure. than that. Um, you know, they learned how to make their own lunches. Most kids have no idea how to make their <laughs> lunches in kindergarten, but they had yeah. to. It was, you know, and it's fine, and I don't feel bad for it. I think it's empowering sure. for them now. And they see all that you're doing, and I want to talk a little bit um, about the Women's Symposium because sure. I think that's really interesting, and I don't know much about that. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, just back to your question, we just, you know, I made it work. I was working after school. I would do it before. I would do it nights and weekends. But, you know, I just had a lot of faith and trust that the kids would be fine. Yeah. And getting into my minivan full of donations, sitting on plastic bags, you know, it was all going to be fine. So, yeah. you know, I just had a lot of trust and a lot of faith. That's mm -hmm. great. And having the, the community behind you, did you ha do you have family local that, like, you're able to... And we're able to help you out or? Sure, a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't rely on them. They had jobs and things to do. Yeah. So it was really, I put it on to the kids. I, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, my neighbor is a, a single woman that has her own business. And there's, I think there's just more levels of complexity when it's a mom starting a business than I think, uh, you know, because the kids are normally with the mom all mm -hmm. the time, mm -hmm. even in a split situation where the dad might not have the kids as often. So even when you're single parent as a dad, I think you're more likely to have more free time to sure. to do what you want to do or, or to start a business or whatever. So I think that there's a lot of single moms out there that are faced probably in the same position. And, and I guess with the uh, sore NJ women that you probably come across a lot of women in the same position, right? Sure, absolutely. My One of my ultimate goals is actually to take organized to home and that's why I rebranded from organized by design and to franchise it or make it pods so women in similar situations to mine don't have to work a nine to five you know I work four hours a day so I could do the bus in the morning I could get them after school or I could do whatever because it's a scary difficult situation to be in and you know I was you know always concerned and money was always an issue so if I could bring my company or an example of it to other women they can work their own schedule. They can make a good living at it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, the sky's the limit with what I do. And, um, you know, if I could give that to women to take that burden off of, like, how am I going to pay the rent and this bill and this bill? And, you know, I never see my kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to hopefully 
give that you know gift to other women to be able to support themselves like I have. That's and, great. You know, share so share what you learned and, and your successes. Yeah, absolutely. So one day, putting it out there, <laughs> you know. My so, wife is an organizing fool. She will <laughs> organize on top of organize. Nice. And, uh, She's going to love this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, she should check out my before and after photos. She'd be like, oh, that's, I see where she went with that. Oh, yep, I got that. Oh, yeah, so, she will. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And that's all on your website? She'll probably. Uh, I'm, sorry, social media, Facebook, okay. Instagram. I do a lot of before and afters. Oh, good, and stuff. okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, she loves that, too, because she watches orders. You know, and, and she just have ideas like going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How to fix it. <laughs> I actually remember, you know, my earliest, you know, memory of being organized was third grade, staying in from recess so I could organize the bookshelves oh my in Miss Cosin's class in one mass of school. Oh, you wow. know, and then it dates like I remember in high school or even middle school with my girlfriends. I'd go to their house and their closets would be crazy and I'd go in and I'd like organize it. So, I mean, it dates back. It mm -hmm. was like, Pre, it was there were seeds all along. Wow. Well, you're no, doing no, something just... that you like to do, so that's that's the key to life. Really. Absolutely, to make and, a living out of it. Yeah, and great. I give back. So we mm -hmm. declutter or rehome when we declutter these houses with all of these contents. They say the average American home has three hundred thousand items, <laughs> and you can imagine what we're wow. actually touching. Mm -hmm. So I help people we specialize in decluttering and then what I do is I take it and I donate it locally or I have organizations I work with oh well if you happen to see this or do you have this and so knowing that those things go directly into people's homes that need them because mm -hmm. oh. at the time I was working the after school program at Holy Spirit and I was working with kids that you know came in with pajamas on every day and right. you know mm -hmm. I knew something wasn't right and my kids, by all means, didn't have a lot, but they had a lot more than those kids. Mm -hmm. like, Something is wrong. So then I started, like, donating back to the church, and I would bring in That's these right. toys. And so it's just, you know, they say the, um, the average American child plays with 10 toys a day and mm -hmm. has over 150 of them. <laughs> oh, my son had <laughs> thousands. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> So who was the organizing person in your life when you grew up that maybe you got this trait from? I'd have think? to say my mom, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, when holidays, came, you know, if Christmas was coming, we needed to purge our rooms to make room for new stuff. Uh -huh. um, she was an ER tech at Jersey Shore, and we'd go visit her or whatever, and she'd have the supply closet all lined up. And I don't even think that was her job necessarily, <laughs> but everything was labeled like what should be where, the crackers, the juice, the yeah. gauze pads, the this. And I was just, you know, so I think it was kind of ingrained in me, and it just really came natural. Mm -hmm. um, when I was working at the church, Sister Jude said to me, she goes, you know, what you have is a gift. It's not that people don't want to be organized. They just don't know how to be organized. Mm -hmm. right. So or, that was like another seed. Right. Yeah, exactly. To get it started. And it does de-stress you. I mean, oh once gosh. you see your life uncluttered like that, like the possibilities, you're like, oh my God, I could breathe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we um we have a term for that. It's an organism. <laughs> so after, you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened. You know, I have women that, you know, the minute their anniversary rolls around, their birthday rolls around, they want gifts, they want hours, organizational hours from mm -hmm. their husband or their boyfriend or their family. Oh, it's like, just give me hours <laughs> because it feels so good to have someone help you and quickly and efficiently knock it out. 
just get mm-hmm. it done. She's going to love that term. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did write another book, and that was the almost the title, but we figured it was a little too racy. Too racy. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we might hit Prom it again. Time. So we'll see. So That's at, great. When, when, you know, there's certain people like yourself, like I will never organize any, I'm, I'm horrible at organization, but... How you do keep you keep us t- organized? Somewhat. <laughs> you know? I'm good at delegating. You know what I mean? Like the, well, that's a huge that key. Is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that like that. Key. That's one thing. I, I for me, it's always been. I've been very good at delegating. I think it's a part of my ADD. Like I could see a hundred things and tell other people like these things need to get done. But if if I had to have going into a closet and organize it, <laughs> oh my god, this would be like a torture for me because. I just want to tell someone else to do it. <laughs> but when, you, when you're faced with a client that is very bad at organizing, is it possible for that person to become an organized person, like down the road without needing? It's like someone needing to go to therapy, you know, sure. often. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what the key is, when you want to work with my company, I want to make sure that you're ready to purge or to part with things or to declutter because, yeah, I could organize your closet and it looked great, and the minute I leave, you go in there and it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So I need you to be ready to let go of some items because, you know, if you're honest with yourself, you know you're not wearing half of what's in there. So then we make it very manageable. So let's just say, you know, we're doing an attic. And, you know, I spend an hour in there with the three-person team, 20 hours. It's a massive job the first time around. But when you go up there to do a touch-up or a revisit, it takes a fraction of the time, a lot less effort, a lot less energy. So you initially invest in that huge, big time, but keeping up with it isn't so bad. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have clients, we'll just go once a year for a touch-up or every two years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of 20 hours with a three-person team, we're talking about a four-hour, three-person team. So it's a lot more manageable. Mm-hmm. But you have to be ready. If you're, you know, you tell me, I went into a woman's house in, I think, Manalapan, and floor to ceiling, three rows of clothes. And I said, okay, well, you know, are we ready to release some things or, you know, jam packed? And she said, no, I want to keep everything. I just want to look. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's nothing I can actually do because you've done the best you can. It's all crammed in here, but I can't help you yeah. unless you're ready to let go. There's just no system that's going to make it better. It's just, you know. An addition, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll build you an addition. You Another closet on the <laughs> yeah. condo. A storage I don't unit. Know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, there's just sometimes that, you know, it's just not possible. Do you go to storage units for people? I, I would imagine. Yeah. Like storage units, anytime I've been. If you ever go to a storage oh. facility and someone has their thing open, I don't. I think everybody's a hoarder at a store at a storage <laughs> unit because you have in that. There. Yeah, you have ten <laughs> by fifteen or whatever you're buying, and you're like, I want to use every inch of this space. Yeah. Every inch. Yes, and then you you have no idea what's ten feet behind you, three foot high, mm-hmm. and you'll never know until you. My wife you, would. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully. Yeah, they say that there's a statistic out right now that storage units go up faster than Starbucks. Really? That's the market. Sure. One out of 11 families have storage units, off-site storage units. Like, that's how insane it is. Uh, Maybe two years ago, I worked for a client. Um, He had seven storage units in Neptune. That's a lot of money, Mm -hmm. seven storage units. Yeah, he was paying over $1,000 a month. Wow. And he had them for roughly about five years. And he was never going into any of them. Some of them were full. Some of them were partially empty. Was he a hoarder? No, he was uh, uh, owned multiple companies, moved a bunch, 
you know, he was here now, threw everything in storage, never went back to it. So he was finally ready. So we connected. So me and my team spent the entire month of November going through all the boxes, all the containers. He'd stop by every once in a while. He'd pick what he wanted, what he didn't want. And, um, but he didn't want to get rid of anything that might be of value. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, but initially, if you figure how much he paid for the storage units for the five years, what is that? It's 12000 a year, 60000 Like Wow. Yeah. And then my company, it was ran, you know, over $10,000 for the month to be there. So 70000 mm -hmm. Did we really find anything that was that valuable? Never. I'd say probably, you know, it mm. wasn't too likely. But, uh, you know, he wanted to be sure. And now he's in Florida, and I think he probably says he's got down to two storage units. But, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, does he still have all reduction. of them? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, but, yes, we've definitely seen storage units. And, you know, well, there are a huge ways. build an extra piece of storage on his home or, or? Well, that wouldn't look nice on yeah, your million-dollar exactly. property. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you have enough space. It, you got to think, like, job. if you're a closet hoarder, <laughs> you get some storage units. People could go into your house, and they, it looks like it's decluttered and organized when you have seven units filled yeah. <laughs> off-site where no one knows about it, right? And then at that point, you're talking about somebody that has but, a substantial income that it doesn't even matter to Yeah. Them, right? To us, know. we're like, wow. but he <laughs> Like $1,000 a month, forget it. <laughs> yeah, some people are paying 150 a month, and it's too much. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So what are some tips do you think uh, you could give for, you know, the average Joe looking to at least start to organize their life a little bit? Sure. I'd say chunk it down. You know, um, I'm a big fan of that book, Eat That Frog. Uh -huh. I don't know. Have you guys read that? Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, I forget Tom Sawyer or someone back then said, you know, if you start your day doing the hardest task in the morning, everything else will be cake. So if you eat the ugliest, biggest, fattest frog in the pond, then you can do the, anything for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So I usually go into, you know, a home and like, all right, where's that really tough challenge? If it's the basement, if it's the attic, the garage, let's start there. Three to four hour like increments, set up a schedule. You know, I don't want you working there all day because mm -hmm. you're going to fizzle out. And you're not going to go back there for another six months. <laughs> you know? I think that's what happens to me. <laughs> yeah, you got to chunk it down. So, like you know, once a m once every Saturday, even if you spend two hours, you know, and work like a clock. So you start in one section and you just go around in a circle. Don't jump from here to here to here to here. Nothing ever will get accomplished. Mm -hmm. How about, I mean, you see people do it all the time. They empty their whole garage out into the, to the driveway. Yeah. And I think they bring it all right back in just nicer. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You need someone that, you know, in all honesty, you really need someone that's a third person that's very objective. Like, what the heck are you doing? You haven't mm -hmm. played basketball in 17 years, and you have 20 <laughs> basketballs. That are all mm -hmm. deflated. <laughs> yeah, that, that don't work and things value. like that. Yeah. So you need someone that's, you know, an outside, you know, a neighbor. Someone to, like, you know, yeah. to guide you. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to, you know, invest in, you know, a professional, then you need someone that, you know, that's not going to irritate you or that pisses <laughs> you off and you go inside, you know. So you just, you know, need someone that can rein you in. You yeah. know, that's one of our biggest jobs is rein our client in. What's the main purpose? Why are we really here? What's the main goal? You know, if you look at that stack, we're really keeping a lot now. We need to reassess. Where are we going? Yeah. You know, so it's just someone to keep you in check while you're doing it. It's probably right when, questions. You, when you're thinking about it, especially, I think, with, like, husband, wife, team, partners, whatever, people 
get angry because like the husband wants to keep this, the wife wants to keep that. There's no, you know, I think everyone's just starts bickering. Mm-hmm. To have a third person there to be like, this is, is a it? very sensitive subject. Yeah. <laughs> you want to save the marriage, you hire <laughs> us. But I mean, for the small investment, if you really think about it, to have that other person that put some like uh, some sense into the situation, sure. yeah. yeah. The I mean, peace of minds. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're like a marriage counselor for organizing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, you know, I have a lot of people that I went to school with that are hiring me to work with their parents because they can't work with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have me come in and, you know, nobody's yeah. going to yell at me. Nobody's going to do anything, you know, so I'm the intermediate. Insert, you know, the middle person. Yeah. Or parents that can't work with your children, mm-hmm. or their children won't listen to them. So you hire us to come in, and there's no tension. You know, we just want you to make the best decision. So we've seen that as well. That is Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. Do you have a brick and mortar, or? No, just okay. uh, you know, we work out of people's homes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Soar NJ Women. Um, so you're a co-founder of that. Yes. Right. So how did that all start? and get to where it's at today. Sure, absolutely. Um, SOAR Women's Symposium. Uh, my co-founder, Jen Tumi Young, at a Domesticated Dads, she was doing a Bolter conference in Pennsylvania. So it was similar. It was a women's full-day retreat kind of thing. We get together inspirational uh, storytellers and things like that. And I had met her because I was writing a book a few years ago, and she's a published author with HarperCollins. And I said, could you, like, can we just brainstorm a bit? And she didn't really know me, but she's like, sure. And so we got to be friends, and I was telling her the story of how I went to Haiti in 2011 um, after I raised a bunch of money with the church. So we just got on that level, and she said, you know what? Your story would be really inspiring. Would you come out to the Poconos and share it on my panel? And I said, yeah, of course. So I had done that, and it was beautiful. And then, you know, about a year later, she came to me, and she said, Jessica, you know, I want to bring Bolter, but I want to bring it to the shore. And I was like, who, me? I don't deserve that. What do you mean? Like, how could I, how could you? It was such an honor. Mm -hmm. And I said, absolutely, count me in. You know, anything I can do to help people, anything like that, I want to be a part of it. So, um we just brainstormed and we looked at venues and you know we probably lingered on it for about a year but then we were ready so we had our first event uh in october which will be three years this october and it was at the avenue we had no capital no money to start it it was a hope a wish and a prayer and a dream Mm -hmm. so we're looking at the avenue and it's i don't know sixty dollars per person (laughs) neither one of us have any money to put down for this place we walk up the stairs and we're like this is it Okay. No clue in the world how we were going to pull it off, but we just knew. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that field it of dreams. Right. Build it and they'll come. You know, that's yeah. exactly what we did. And we're like, okay, all right. So we'll hold 60 women. Let's, you know, let's do it. And through that, we sold out, you know, 60 tickets. Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful lineup of women speakers that would be inspiring, motivating. Um, that women would feel connected to. So you could be a stay-at-home mom or you could be a professional woman. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was all levels, a beautiful lunch, just a je- day to connect. And I'll show you, share a funny story with you. So we were there that day looking at this venue, and we decided that the avenue was the place where it was going to be. And so I told the guy, I was like, I want the dolphin package before I book. And he goes, well, what's the dolphin package? I'm like, well, when we have our event, I want dolphins frolicking outside, you know, for the women to see. (laughs) And he goes, well, I mean, 
there are dolphins that live out there. I mean, I guess it's a possibility, I, you know. So it was that morning. It was, like, drizzly, rainy, and it just started, you know, the fog just started to lift. Women were coming in. It was, like, I think we opened the doors at 8 o'clock. Lo and behold, we look at, over, and there's whales and dolphins oh frolicking God. outside oh. of the window. How cool is that? Pods and three <sighs> whales. I've lived wow. here my entire yeah. life. And I have never seen a whale or a dolphin <laughs> jumping. And they were like pods and like three whales, and they kept breaching like for an hour. Wow. And so, wow. so he got you the package. Like, yeah. <laughs> I manifested the package. I don't know about him. <laughs> but, you know, we, we opened up and we got started, and I was just sitting there, and I couldn't get into the conference at the, you know, for the first few minutes. I'm like, I manifested whales and dolphins. <laughs> and not just one, like a bunch of them. He's wow. like, here's your upcharge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it's a huge story. But, um, you know, so we've been doing it. We're going into our third year. We do them October and April. We've sold out every event. Wow. We, our last one was in, um, let's see, April. We did a detour art gallery. So we look for one-of-a-kind venues that really resonate with people. It's mm-hmm. six hours. Um a beautiful like an hour lunch and the most common theme of the day what people ask for most is more downtime so women can connect Mm. together so here we have these dynamic speakers from everywhere you know tons of followers so accomplished all kinds of things and women just want to talk to each other yeah Mm -hmm. so we have you know several breaks and you know an hour lunch and but women miss that we're all friends virtually but nobody gets that face to face time yeah so three weeks after Detour in April, we sold out without announcing a lineup or a location. Wow. Huh. So we have That's our great. next, you How know, many people? Uh, yeah. It was 100. We're looking at 120. We booked. The next one is in October. It's at the Wave Resort. We have the entire top floor of the new resort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we look for those venues that yeah. really set us apart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the attention to detail, the women that attend... So it's, you know, it's amazing. And we're already looking at April 2020 for our speakers. You know, it's something, Jen and I don't make a fortune by any means. We probably make, you know, a dollar an hour for all the work that we put into Mm -hmm. it. But we don't do it for that. We do it for what women get out of it. You know, we get all of these, all this feedback the next day. You know, I was really depressed. I needed that day. Or I connected with this one. Or I've spoken at this one. Mm -hmm. And for us, that's all the payment we could ask for is what, you know, others get from it. Right. Yeah. That That's is great. awesome. That's Make so sure. inspiring. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so you could follow uh, Soar, at Soar NJ Women on Instagram, and you could follow them on Facebook also. Yeah, Soar and Symposium 17. <laughs> I just learned, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't try to get tickets for October. <laughs> Look for it. Well, message me privately. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see what I could do. Maybe you could get the hook. You got some pull. <laughs> yeah, I might be able to squeeze something. Then on top of all of that, running your own business putting together a symposium for 120 women, uh, you had time to write a book. Mm, like, very cool. <laughs> when was this, between like 1 and 4 in the morning? Uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for about an hour. Yes, yes. So your, your book, is, it's uh, pre-order right now. Yes. She had no business. Uh, tell us a little bit about what thought process went into making uh, writing this book and uh, why you wanted to put out this book. Sure, absolutely. So I... Um, in December, around December, I had in the middle of a night, in the middle of the night, a title came to me. And I was, you know, woken up and I like wrote it down and I don't and I went back to bed. I didn't really think about it. 
but it was she had no business. And then, like, just I'm like, oh, that would be a good story. You know, what what could I do with it? But let me just leave it there. So my found my co-founder of Soar, um, she's a published author with HarperCollins. She's written a bunch of books. And in, I believe it was December, late December, she opened up um, an opportunity to work with an author to help you write your book, get it published, and all that kinds of stuff. And, you know, she's like, Jessica, I'm looking for someone to work with. Do you know anybody? And, of course, she tells me that I want to help. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, I, you know, I texted, like, five people I thought might want to write their story, never thinking it would be me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's – why would it apply to me? I didn't – you know. And then, um, you know, I reached out to the five friends that I thought might be a good fit or a good candidate or, or interested, you know, never thinking for a minute that I would qualify. So then um, later that day, something kind of just – sparked and it was just like what about your story what about you know what you could share you know what about that title what was that title let me look it up and so it you know I thought about it and I wanted to ask her but I'm like that's so silly why would I write a story about my story like that you know why why me Mm -hmm. and so I said you know I called her at the end of the day I'm like Jen I just had this idea really no pressure but I thought what if I was the one to take that position? What do you think? And she goes, oh, my God, I got goosebumps. Wow. She's like, it's you. It has to be you. You mm-hmm. have to share your story. And at that time in my business, I felt like I kind of plateaued personally, professionally. I kind of just tapped out. I'm like, something is, you know, and I can get to a ne- the next level, but something's holding me back. So I was like, well, maybe if I write my story, I can break through that plateau and get to the next level see things more clearly yeah so that was my goal is to work through my issues my you know my stories and whatever understand them and you know so I signed on to be a client of hers and we I had it written within you know just a few weeks really and so it's she had no business a real life real life tale of faith courage and beating the odds Excellent. so I think it's around 10 chapters we're still tweaking it a bit but basically of my story of, you know, why I shouldn't have had a successful business, why I shouldn't throw my own birthday parties, why I shouldn't do this, and all of the reasons why I, why I did. Mm-hmm. And so it's to help the woman oh, that nice. never celebrates her birthday. You know, why should I, you know, I'm just me. I was always disappointed on my birthday. And then five years ago, my girlfriend said, how you spend your birthday is how you spend your year. Ever since then, I've been having great birthday parties. <laughs> I figure out how to, you know, I'm like, okay, meet me here at this time and whoever shows up. So I usually have 50 to 100 women attend my birthdays wow. every summer. And I'm not forking over the money. I don't have a ton of money. I'm mm-hmm. like, just meet me at this bar. You know, Watermark, the Asbury. We've had really cool places. And again, it's just women coming together. Everybody looks forward to that, to August. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Um, When's your birthday? August 26th. I have a milestone. <laughs> my, my wife's birthday is August the 27th. Wow. And my okay. son is the 28th. So. Nice. Wow. Is he organized as well? <laughs> Actually, sure. he is very he organized. Is. It's there funny. My other son is a disaster. <laughs> I have one. My other boy, his room looks like a tornado goes through it every day. <laughs> and then the three-year-old, his room is never a mess. Oh, wow. He doesn't even bring toys into his room. He'll go into the other brother's room, mess that up. (laughs) 
it's so funny how it's like it's ingrained in. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. they say Burgos. I think it's a Burgos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Sounds yeah. like it. Definitely. It's definitely not a Gemini thing. I don't know. My mom's a Virgo too. Yeah. She's in September though. September eighth. That's okay. It still counts. Yeah. She'll be she'll be ninety. Wow. Oh, you said pre-order for your book. Where can somebody go to pre-order? Sure. That? Right now they can go through organistahome.com, and then I have a tab for books. Okay. So it's fourteen ninety-seven. I'm looking to book um, a book signing, a uh, book release party at Coworks in Asbury on the 19th. Awesome. So I'm hoping to get that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my goal with that is just, you know, I've been, you know, I've had four kids with no running water. Like, how do you do that? You know, yeah. and I've had... You know, four kids in a home, and I didn't have enough rent money. Like, so all of these things that would, you know, incapacitate someone, make you crawl up in a fetal ball and, like, never want to move. I've been through a lot of that, and I've gotten through it, and I've succeeded, and I've risen ahead. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if even if one sentence in the entire book could, you know, help one woman, then the job is done. So there's all different levels because, you know, most people think, oh, I lost my job. I can never get another one or, you know all of these excuses because we can find excuses for anything Mm -hmm. so it's really like okay i've been through this i've done this and i got through it and here's a couple tips if you know that might help you get through it if necessary so that's kind of the direction of you know the book yeah congratulations on the book thank you huge deal are you going to do an audio version uh, we'll, we'll see how far it goes (laughs) you know my ultimate goal uh you know i I love audio books yeah yeah, definitely. That would be, you know, a dream. Yeah. Um, you know, Personal I know my mom yeah. is not happy. She's like, you, I need to read it first. I'm like, she cannot read it first. So <laughs> it's just going out there. Um, but, you know, the whole goal is to help and inspire people. So that's, yeah. you know, what that I'm trying to do. That is amazing. That's really, it really, it really is. is. Yeah, I mean, Thank you. like your whole life's mission has been about helping people and, and uh, especially with what you're doing with SOAR and putting out this book. I think it's great for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. to hear thank you thank you, know, you. even That's women that aren't in that in your same situation i think everyone could take something out of it oh absolutely yeah i mean you could yeah be completely different and still you know celebrate your birthday you know i'm mm-hmm. turning 40 in august <laughs> i'm throwing myself a prom in the school gym nice. i mean does it get better than that i mean you know i you know that's great really you are i am nice. yeah i always that had this great. and everybody's like well why are you spending so much money and you know because i can't i don't have anybody else to plan it for me mm-hmm. and my gift mm. my joy to myself is seeing everybody else enjoy themselves oh, wow. so everybody's gonna get dressed up i got my prom dress from david's bridal the other day <laughs> And, you know, I just, you know, I find happiness in other people's happiness. We Mm -hmm. all work so hard, and we rarely get those days off. So if I can give you a reason for four hours to come dance and hang out and eat, have that memory. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That, is, that sounds get, like a lot get of fun. Get my ruffle shirt. My ruffle shirt. <laughs> 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 you got to take a picture in front of the trellis. <laughs> Are you going to kick it old school with the music? Like Yeah, we're going to do all kinds of music. I'm doing a balloon arch. You know, I'm doing oh, the wow. photo booth. You know, I'm trying to keep it like high school, uh-huh. you know, high school vibes. So. Did you know Mikey's a DJ? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, like trying, to, trying to get me a job now, right? <laughs> <laughs> But you could, like, maybe battle each other. Don't they do that? (laughs) DJ battles. Rap battle. Uh (laughs) Not me. I can't rap. (laughs) We got Christian back here. He could could take that for me. (laughs) Live entertainment. Dougie Fresh's nephew. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Before we wrap up, I would love to know, since you are a lifelong Jersey Shore person, 
What is one of your favorite memories of the Jersey Shore? Oh, boy. That's so hard. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'd have to say just the tradition of, like, the 4th of July, the fireworks, everybody going down to the beach, and, you know, the wiffle ball, the football, or at least my family did that. And just mm-hmm. getting the family together, that 4th of July vibe, for sure, I'd say. Yeah, that is a nice. a great yeah. thing about the Jersey Shore is the 4th and the fireworks and... The parades. Yeah, Bush everything. Grove has a parade on the 4th. It's nice. Point always has fireworks. Like, don't they have fireworks every week down there? Yeah, every Keensburg. Yeah. You can go anywhere and get fireworks. But, yeah, definitely. And then the local summer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's September. what I wait for. Yeah, <laughs> local summer. Yeah, local summer is local the best. Summer. All the places you want to go, but you're like, I just can't park. Or I just can't get a table. You can. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still busy in a lot of places. Yeah, it's going summer. round. St- yeah. round yeah. yeah. But you could get on the beach a lot easier, a lot quicker without the headaches and the hassles. Mm-hmm. And the traffic. Back to school. <laughs> Even the, in Asbury Park, I'm blown away because my family's been, you know, in this area since like the 50s. And remember, you wouldn't find anybody on the boardwalk in Asbury. Now I'm still to this day constantly shocked. My grandfather <laughs> was a lifeguard in Asbury, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a Tuesday night. What is going on around yeah, here? Right? You know, it's just mind boggling. Yeah, now we, they have the scooters. Have you guys seen the scooters? Oh, the, they, the electric they, they have scooters. Them now? Yes. Yeah, it just started. Uh, on my way here, I saw two of them just left on the sidewalk. You know, you could just leave them and then go and somebody yeah. else gets on, but it's cool. Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Yeah. That'll be fun, <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Just don't leave them in front of your, your house. <laughs> yeah, I, what? I just read an article about, about personal liability. I'm an insurance guy myself. No, so, so I always look at the, the risk factors and, uh, you know, he's, you just don't want, you don't want to leave them in front of your house <laughs> and for someone to trip over um, because you will be liable. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just, Never thought about that, actually. I know. Yeah. People are going to trip if they leave. <laughs> you know, especially in front of, like, you know, a club or something. But yeah. there's stands. There's stands for them, and, and please put them back in a the stand. There you awesome. go. Well, thank there you so go. much. Where, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, uh, Facebook, th- Instagram. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, not as much. Um, you know, those are the best outlets, I would say. And stay connected. I, you know, I post a lot of content, a lot of tips, you know, daily motivation on both, you know, sites on mm-hmm. SOAR and Organista Home. You know, so just keep in the loop. Keep checking in. And sometimes, you know, something's going to resonate and you're either going to give me a call or or not. But, you know, just stay connected. So, yeah. Cool. I'll awesome. be signing up. Really I'll be rude. following you. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is going to make me call you, I think. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we were just talking about Basement job. My wife will probably oh. be calling you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the key is gift certificate. Holiday comes oh. around. There you go. That's good. If it keeps me from having to do the work, then I'm all about it. Is that a gift for me or for her? I don't know. You I'll figure that out yourself. <laughs> anniversary, it sounds like. An anniversary gift. Well, thanks again for coming uh, on the show. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. And thank everyone for listening to the show. Once again, make sure you follow the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And follow our Facebook page or Instagram page at Boardwalk Talk NJ or go right to BoardwalkTalk.live. Thanks again and have an amazing day.